This is MSCI Perspectives, your source for weekly research insights as investors respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, Adam Bass, and today is October 29th, 2020. This week, we examine the investment landscape during 2020 by looking at the index industry, which index categories grew through the pandemic, and what effect did it have in terms of existing trends. For this, we turn to the CEO of the Index Industry Association, Rick Redding. Rick and team have just released the results of their fourth annual industry survey. So, Rick Redding, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be with you today. Thanks for having me. So let's start with the basics. What is the Index Industry Association? The Index Industry Association is a trade organization that was founded in 2012 and it's a nonprofit organization of independent index providers. Uh, our membership is global. About a third of our members are in Asia, about a third in the Americas, and a third in Europe. Uh, the IIA is open to any independent indexed provider with a couple of, of caveats uh, on membership. Independence means that the administrator or the provider cannot trade the underlying component securities in their indexes, nor do they create products directly for investors. Our members have to be pure index providers, and they also have to adhere to upholding intellectual property rights. So as we record this interview, you are coming from a virtual press conference where you were announcing the results of the fourth annual IIA survey. So what does it look to measure? Who are you speaking to? Just give us the, the high-level view of what the, what the aims are. So when we started doing this survey, we did it because no one knew how many indexes there were globally. There was no one that had ever been able to pull the data together. And one of the things that we saw is one of the driving needs early on was regulators would ask us all the time, well, how many indexes are there in the world? So what we try to do is you know, determine the number of indexes that exist by category, by asset class, and by geography. So we, we look at it and say, how many equity indexes are there in, in Europe, for example? And within that subset, how many large cap, small cap, mid cap, ESG factor, we, we, a whole host of factors we look at, and then we roll everybody's data up into a composite. Uh, and that's particularly important because, you know, this data is obviously very sensitive and the members trust us to do it by not providing their information to anyone, including our other members. Giving you a little historical perspective, when we first uh, started, I think the headline was the fact that there's, you know, approximately 3 million indexes uh, administered globally. Uh, and I think that was kind of the headline story when we first started it, because I think everyone was surprised there were that many. As time's gone on, and we've had, a, a you know, four years worth of looking at this, what we find more interesting is looking at trends we see developing in the industry, um, or with our members specifically, and where they are investing uh, money in research and development and kind of looking at where the members are focusing their efforts, which pretty much is a reflection of where they think the investor demand is 
And what, what were those trends? Where are they focused? So this year we saw, we've seen kind of a continuation of trends from the last couple of years. Fixed income, for example, uh, has been a big area of growth in the last two years. Uh, the number of indexes in the fixed income space are up roughly 15%, uh, which is quite big for the number of fixed income indexes that are out there. But we're seeing growth kind of across the board in almost every category. In fact, this year, in every category, we saw increases in, in fixed income. Probably the big headline from this year's survey was in ESG, uh, both in fixed income and in equities. ESG indexes increased by over 40%, which is, has blown away any, any previous year's record for to see that kind of growth in any category whatsoever. Uh, and I think it's a reflection of kind of what the mindset of people is right now, thinking about transitioning to more sustainable type investing world that we're going to. Certainly, climate change on everybody's mind, as well as the resilience. This is a theme that has come up again and again on this program, the resilience of ESG through the crisis. Are there other factors that you found that might be behind this, what can only be called explosive growth? Yeah, I mean, I think you said it well, the way you, you, you just phrased it is these asset light type, more you know, socially responsible companies have just from a performance standpoint, done well. So I think that's been driving some of it. I think on a broader scale is you see it in several areas. One is you see a, a, a broad regulatory push in Europe. Uh, one of the two things that the European Union is looking at as priorities is obviously COVID relief, but the, their other major initiative this year has been sustainable finance. So you have the regula regulators across the globe thinking about this more holistically. You have investors thinking about it, that you know they want their preferences, their social mores reflected in how they invest. And some of that is demographics, some of it's socioeconomic things that are underlying this marketplace. Um, you know, as times change, more and more portfolios will move that direction. I also think there's better data that is coming to the space because, you know, unlike a market cap index, you know, you, there's a lot of inputs into any ESG uh, index. And I think as time goes on, that index data gets better and better and more precise. And I think the indexes will become better and better representations of, of what people's expectations of whether it's governance or social or environmental concerns. Would some of that also apply in terms of the growth of fixed income indexes? Within fixed income, as I said, it's every category has you know increased this past year. But we did see an, an inordinate amount of increase in kind of sovereign debt, high yield, and kind of global or total composite type uh, fixed income benchmarks, which when you think about it, gets to your prior point about, you know, what's happened in the pandemic. Obviously, governments have borrowed a lot of money, uh, kind of hitting on the sovereign debt. Um, a lot of high yield is, you know, some industries have been badly hurt by the pandemic. And then I think there's just much more of a global emphasis on investing as there is today. We also see that 
global trend and uh, on the equity side as well. And how about some of the other somewhat specialized index categories, factor indexes, for example? Where have they fallen in the throughout 2020? So what we've seen uh, on the equity side is factor, thematic, ESG, we kind of all lump together in kind of a broader category. And, and we see, um, obviously, because of the growth in ESG, a, a, a huge uplift in the number of those indexes. If you unpack those numbers a little bit, uh, you don't see the factor indexes necessarily growing at a, at a, at a huge rate. Um, we saw some growth in the thematic side, which was interesting because that had been kind of stagnant last year. When we talk about the huge numbers of indexes, as well as the growth, it leads to a natural question about the industry, competition within the industry, and how that's driving this change, this innovation, as different firms look at the ways that they can serve different types of investors. What did you find from that respect? We've seen quite a bit of firms that you would think of historically as equity providers now providing uh, fixed income indexes or expanding that base out, and vice versa. A number of firms that you would probably think of as fixed income shops are now providing a lot more uh, equity indexes. So what I think we see is this movement towards global use of indices and uh, users, the, the people that actually use them, like the investment management the investment managers, looking to say, we want consistency across geographies, we want consistencies across asset classes. Any other thoughts about specifically the role that indexes have played throughout 2020? So if you think back to whether it was Asia in late 19, or it was the U.S. or um, Europe in kind of March, April of this year, think about the dislocations in the market that were taking place because of the pandemic. VIX, you know, shot up into the 80s, which, you know, that's just, you know, unheard of for equity markets. Markets were having a difficult time functioning. People, investors were trying to find uh, data that they could rely upon. And I think indexes actually provided that measuring stick role we talked about earlier, an anchoring point for people to say, okay, what is real? What is true? Give us some help in trying to think about what we need to do with our portfolios during this time. And it also plays into the point of, you know, indexes have gotten a, a little, a lot more sophisticated than they were 20 years ago. Just the fact that I'm referencing, you know, volatility index is a way for people to look to say, wait, what's going on in the market? Is it getting less risky? Is it getting more risky? So I think it really provided a very important anchoring role during that period because people were trying to figure out uh, and trying to come up with what's going on. This, you know, We've not seen something like this before. From an investor's perspective, they had to rely on something. And, and I, I think they looked more and more at indexes. And I think more and more people have started to think about the role the indexes play in the capital markets because of the pandemic. Absolutely. And Rick Redding, thank you for coming on and sharing your perspectives, as well as the results of the survey. 
Really interesting. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. That's all for this week. Thanks to Rick and to all of you for joining us. Next week, tune in for more about the state of the index industry and what it reveals about investors' focus. Remember, it takes just a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or share with a friend. Until next week, I'm your host, Adam Bass, and this is MSCI Perspectives. Stay safe, everyone.